This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's continuing mission to explore strange new worlds. Brian, I remain energized every time I hear that beautiful sound bed. I want to nestle in and snuggle with that sound bed. Welcome back to Engage. This is episode three, episode three, episode three. And yet it's still, uh, we're still getting our space legs. This is the um, early days of Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. And um, we're still in pre-launch. We have yet to unleash our uh, initial episodes into the galaxy, but this is part of our launch episode three. Today is going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully by now you've listened to our uh, interviews with uh, Weird Al Yankovic and also with Adam Nimoy. Um, But just so you know, um, in the short amount of time since we last last talked, uh, and now... When I introduced the Adam Nimoy interview that was from some months ago, there has been some news on the Adam Nimoy front. So, red alert. Red alert. There has been some news about Adam Nimoy's film, For the Love of Spock. When I last spoke to you, I said, oh, and in some time in the future, the film will be available for people who want to see it. Now I know exactly when. Brian, get out your pen and your calendar. Ready. (laughs) For the Love of Spock will be available to view in select theaters. So like in cool cities like New York, Los Angeles, Austin, Texas, Chicago. I don't know, maybe Denver. I don't know for certain. But certainly the hip towns. If you live in Peoria, Illinois, you got to get in the car. You got to drive. What's the closest big city to Peoria? Would it be Chicago or probably St. Louis, right? Because it's really south. Indianapolis, maybe. I don't know. Is that even considered that big of a city? (laughs) Peoria is the classic city of... Nothing against the Peorianese here in in the listening audience, but Peoria is the classic cliche city of a small town. Small town America. Will it play in Peoria? That's the question. I doubt... That for the love of Spock will play in a theater in Peoria, but that's no problem because it will also be on VOD on the same day. Day and date release, they like to call it in the biz. For the love of Spock will be available in select cities and on VOD on September 9th, which is great. Why is that? Because that is one day after September 8th. 
And September 8th is the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. So it couldn't be more perfect. It really is terrific. So uh, that's going to be cool. Now, listen, this documentary is not going to win the Academy Award, but it's a lot of fun for Star Trek fans. And maybe, you know, if you're listening to the show, you might have uh, put in a few bucks. I, I was looking when I got this uh, note about For the Love of Spock that at the time it was the number one film uh, that had ever uh, let me let me let me use let me use English language here. It was the film that had raised the most amount of money on Kickstarter for a film at the time. Now it's been been topped, but they raised something like six hundred and sixty three thousand dollars on Kickstarter. Uh, I did not put in. Not that I didn't want to. I just I don't think I uh, I didn't get around to it. But a lot of you did. Um, and now uh, you're gonna get to see what you did. You know, maybe you put in the the movie that that beat it. By the way, that has the record now is uh, the Frank Zappa documentary. By the way, which is funny for me because after Star Trek, my other big obsession is Frank Zappa. One of my other big obsessions. So all the worlds are coming together. If there's ever a fish documentary that needs to be put together, then I'll then I'll put some money in. There are no, um, I don't think there are any official Frank Zappa Star Trek connections out there that I can think of. There are certainly some fish and Star Trek connections. There's a whole bunch. Riker's Mailbox. We can do a whole episode on fish and Star Trek. I think we should. But that's not what today is about. Today, in a little bit, we're going to have um, a guest come in, a great guy, a close personal acquaintance of mine. I don't want to call him a friend. He's, more, he's, he's an acquaintance plus. He's less than a friend and more than an acquaintance. He's somewhere in between. A fellow by the name of Josh Horowitz, who you probably know if you've watched MTV or been to MTV.com anytime in the last 10 years. He is a really funny guy, but also very, very knowledgeable about Star Trek and all sorts of geeky and nerdy things. He hosts pretty much every red carpet that, star, that um, MTV does. He's interviewed um, Jennifer Lawrence so many times. He probably interviews her in his sleep. Not that he's sleepwalking while he does it. I mean, he has dreams about interviewing her. And um, has done some really funny things on a show they do on MTV called After Hours. Um, where, like, there was this weird thing with Jeff Goldblum. Where he is like, kind of like being John Malkovich with Jeff Goldblum. It's like he went to a restaurant and the waiter and the bartender. And there was all Jeff Goldblum's there. It was real. I'm going to ask him about that. And some other things. But we're going to talk about Star Trek, too, because he has a lot of Star Trek connections in his life, including a new show that he's about to launch on MTV soon that is co-produced and co-hosted with a Star Trek luminary, but one that you may not think about as a Star Trek luminary. So we're going to bring him in in just a few minutes. But before we do, I want to take a moment to pause and let you hear from a very important sponsor. I don't know who the sponsor is yet, because like I said, it's still early days on Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. So for right now, we have a great sponsor for the show. They go by the name of Placeholder. And I gotta tell you, Placeholder is one of the greatest products you could ever have in your life. When you need something in your, in your life, but need a spot, to put it, you know what would be great for parking in New York? Placeholder.com would be fantastic because you need a spot, you see it there, but you gotta run around and you know that somebody's gonna grab the spot. If you went to Placeholder, Placeholder.com, 
placeholder.org, placeholder.it. And it would be terrific. So anyway, we're going to hear a word from our sponsor. Early days, Star Trek. Engage. 50th anniversary of Star Trek. We got the new movie coming out in a few weeks. We got the show coming out in 2017. It's the best time ever to be a Star Trek fan. So hold tight, and we'll be right back after this. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. This is Engage, Engage. the official Star Trek podcast. Energize. Okay, thanks for listening to that important ad. Now we are going to beam in our first guest. His atoms are his atoms are forming. Oh, I hope he doesn't get killed in the beam. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> put your cyber hands together. Josh Horowitz is here with us on deck forty-four. This is exciting! Wow, that's my first beaming. I've never. Thank you guys. By the way, I'm not clapping for myself. To no, clarify. no, your first beaming in public. But you're, <laughs> and you are beaming. I can see you beaming. I'm, I'm, I'm positively beaming. My atoms have been scrambled a bit, but I'm I'm thrilled to be here. It's Jordan. great. It's great, Josh. Well, listen. As I as I mentioned uh, earlier, although you weren't in the room, I said nothing but nice things about you. Uh, a legendary figure. In the world of, um, wait and see how the sentence ends. <laughs> in the world of um, uh-huh. hosting okay. things, okay. Uh, attending events. <laughs> I'm a legend in attending things. Uh, well, attending events <laughs> on camera. Oh, I got it. Got That's it. Okay. you know what do you do for a living? I I'll go to a it. cool place yeah. with a microphone and a camera. I talk to great people, yeah. and I will say though, uh, changed the, changed the junket scene forever. Oh wow, I appreciate that. I Thanks. mean that's true. Prior to Josh. And this is honest. And Josh has a lot of uh, imitators, <laughs> and they all fail. But prior to Josh, uh, when a big movie star would do a junket for their film, when they would go on publicity tour, it would be a hell on earth because they would answer the same question day in, day out. And then you were doing it too. You were interviewing people. I was. And then at some point you said, if I have to ask the same questions again, I'm going to jump off a jump off a bridge or I, something. Why not just ask the dumbest questions possible <laughs> and at least try and get somebody to enjoy themselves? Uh, and so it happened yeah. that you started getting a little creative. Right. And then people said, hey, you know, this guy Josh is kind of funny. And then you started doing sketches. And and now that's kind of all you do. Kind of. <laughs> all the credibility is out the window. Uh, wow, you tell the Josh Horowitz story better than myself. Thank you. Um, those are very kind words. And um, But yeah, yeah, I, I, I've, I've traveled the quote-unquote movie junket world for many years, and it was and is an insane world, a stupid world, but a fun world. And part of it, as you say, was kind of trying to figure out a way to make it interesting both for myself and the ta- quote-unquote talent and for the audience. And yeah, one way to do that was to get creative and, and what was, what was the first one what was the one that sort of uh the tipping point if you will was the one where you said wow we were allowed to do something nuts and they went for it and yeah. people seemed to like it well the first so the the, the, the leap so like, there's a difference i would say between like uh, games and silliness i've done in, in movie junkets which you know for people listening i think people know what that is by now thanks to notting hill and everything right that's hotel room poster in the back background four minutes or eight minutes H- of horse and hound magazine horse and hound <laughs> exactly um and then you know I, i've been at mtv for many years and we've had uh, been lucky enough thanks to both you know our our elevated status in the world supposedly 
supposedly, and and hopefully just me being around to bring folks in studio for longer conversations. And um, the the big turning point was actually probably six or seven years ago when I brought in John C. Riley um, promoting Cyrus, uh, that um, uh, Duplass Brothers film, which I right. highly enjoyed, and. Um, and it was actually like I just pitched like a random kind of a sketch. I'd never really done sketch comedy, you know. I'd done like a, you know, I'd taken some improv classes like everybody else in New York and whatever. Um, Freeze! <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, and um, and I pitched a really stupid idea that kind of worked, and it was called Up Close. And it was basically the uh, the pitch was I'm going to sit in John's lap, and we're going to literally be up close and personal, and have a very banal kind of quote-unquote quote normal conversation as we're contorting around each other in the most insane um, permutations. And it worked. It was like 25 minutes of improv. I was, for some reason, ke semi-keeping up with John C. Riley, And um, and it came out really well. Awesome. And then the, the suits saw it and said, run with it. Let's do it. They, it was more of like, okay, whatever. Let, <laughs> let, let Horowitz do they his said, thing. Don't, don't not run with it. Exactly. We're not going to tell you what That's to do. That's been kind of the attitude if, for seven years. Right, and if you want to run, run. If you want to jog, jog. <laughs> do whatever you want. No, it's been nice. Well, that's awesome. And some of them, some of these sketches have been really great. Um, uh, and I want to talk about a few greatest hits uh, in a moment, but um, through, throughout this process, though, I mean, so you are a, a guy who interacts with celebrities, but you are, and I say this with uh, with the utmost respect, mm -hmm. you are also a legitimate nerd. I mean, you are oh, a lover. Yeah. Of, <laughs> I mean, you do a lot of stuff with the with the pop franchises, so a lot of Marvel stuff. Sure. You and Tom Hiddleston are, are very close, and well, you were once he was kissing you on the cheek for like five minutes. I saw. In Look, a video. we have different definitions of closeness, <laughs> apparently. Um, it's also so, the cameras. So. Uh, but also your love of Star Trek, which yes. is what we're here for about, is legit. Now, I think, if I'm not mistaken, your favorite is Next Generation, right? You know, I think it's, I've been thinking about this even just like since I knew I was going to come on, and I've never really had a pat answer to mm. even a, sim a simple question like that. I do love me some Deep Space Nine. Mm. I love Deep Space Nine, and I love the original series. I mean, obviously, that was my first entry point. Um, I think it's it's hard. It's a kind of a mood thing. It's kind of do I want you know vanilla chocolate chip today or do mm. I want uh, um, Benjamin Sisko being ornery? <laughs> I don't know. A New uh, Orleans style flavor, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I, I love it all. I grew up with it. I went to Star Trek conventions when I was a kid. I grew up here in New York City where we're taping this, and I. Uh, Wait, where did you go? did you go to ones in New York? Or yeah, in? creation conventions here in New York awesome. at, at the Roosevelt Hotel. I many conventions like I, I went to see I, I got I mean I have vivid memories of, of getting like Gene Roddenberry to like autograph things and Mark Leonard to autograph a Star Trek 3 poster for me oh wow um, like hardcore who were some of the coolest people you met um well, I mean, the, the, I mean, those two were yeah. big just because, like, I literally met them. Right. Um, I, I'm trying to think. Um, I was. It was all original series folks yeah. at that point. It was. It was. It was. You know, if Shatner or Nimoy were around, that was the big ticket item for me. I mean, later on, when I got into Next Generation, I became like obsessed with. For some reason, I had a, I had a Will Riker thing. I really liked Jonathan Frakes. Who doesn't? <laughs> Who doesn't have a Will Riker? Thing? I really did. I I just enjoyed. Did him. you ever try to grow a Riker beard? No, I'm maybe I'm working on it now. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, you know, actually, this just reminds me of one of the bizarre celebrity interactions we're talking about. One of my favorites ever, and had nothing to do with the work I did, and it predated all the work I've done. I was walking in New York City by Lowe's 84th Street, uh, the movie theater over there, and a large man asked me what time it was, and it was Jonathan Frakes. Whoa! And this was like 
yeah, probably 20 years ago. So. And were you like, start age? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was that in the moment. No, I was just frazzled and thrilled yeah. beyond belief. It is eight hours past your Earth midday point, <laughs> sir. Exactly, exactly. Um, wow, that's awesome. Okay, so your Trek bona fides are, are in order. Now, for over the years, though, mm-hmm. have you um, interviewed, I know you've interviewed Patrick Stewart. Yes. And I know this because, uh, for your podcast. Yes. Happy, sad, sad confused. confused. Correct. And I know this because if one follows Josh on Twitter, as one should, the your avatar is of you oh, making right. a ridiculous face and Patrick Stewart looking like he wants to be anywhere else on Earth than next to you right then. <laughs> so the funny story behind We're, that is, so yes, my podcast is called Happy, Sad, Confused, and it, it grew out of a silly photo thing that I continue to do wherein... After I do an interview with somebody, I, I was like sick of seeing kind of, frankly, people just doing grinning, stupid photos with celebrities because it's just it's cheesy. And mm. I, I've done it myself. There's nothing wrong with it. But whatever. It's cheesy. So I decided to kind of play with it a little bit. And I, I always do three photos with a, uh, someone I interview, a, a really big happy face, a really uh, sad face and a really confused face. So um, I had uh, Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart on yeah. the podcast, and yeah. it was magical as well, as you would expect it to be. Um, and uh, he did. We did the photos afterwards, and I thought at the time that he wasn't moving his face at all. Like he was just being stoic and was not enjoying the process, oh. which flew in the face because we had really a legitimately like a nearly hour long conversation. It was great. I looked at the photos later, and if you look, you can you can find them on on Instagram, or maybe I'll repost them so you can see them. Um, he's actually moving his facial muscles in such a subtle beautiful way that he he was actually conveying oh happy sad but he was he was with an eyebrow with a (laughs) he's a true actor he's a true actor he's got to serve for a reason you know he knows what he's doing so yes he delivered Uh, okay all right i've I've done patrick stewart who else have i talked to over the years um I've, i've interviewed shatner um but it's been a while um how was that experience it was good you know i i don't generally because of my job like it's it I, I, I'm generally not intimidated talking to people because right. it, it's not a good yeah. thing to be. But I will say I was pretty intimidated by Shatner. I've uh, met him a few times, and I have interviewed him twice. And uh, if you go in and call him Sir, then he'll 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 be okay. If you yeah. show him some some respect at I first, it's right. just then he'll go. Which you should do anyhow. Of I mean, course, of course. You meet somebody, you be nice, and then it's going to work out. Yeah, I did um when I was uh. Going way back, like I, I did a college radio show, actually, like my own version of like a Fresh Air on NPR, right? <laughs> so like I did my own like little spin on that. So I had a few actual. I remember I had this was the wave of like the late '90s. I, I, I graduated college in '98. Um, when every original series um, person had their own book out, like right. they, they all came like one there was after a lot another, of, right? To the stars, exactly. And, uh, George Sakai, right? A lot of them. There were a few. And I think I. Had, Where did you go to college? I went to Hobart in up, upstate New York. Oh, is that that's that's. It's in the town called Hobart. Upstate. No, it's on. It's in a, a tiny little town called Geneva, actually. Oh. Um, but the good thing, Finger was, Lakes, Finger, the Finger it, Lakes. You got it. Okay, you got it. beautiful, I've, I've beautiful had, region. Wine. I've had the wine from up there. Good wine up there, okay. and 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 a good little radio station that let nice. me do my thing. WKCY in Hobart, <laughs> close <New> WEOS. <laughs> and uh, Wait, isn't EOS like a? Um, that's like a that's like a thing. EOS is, it, is like on the Nasdaq or something. I, I feel know. like EOS is is a is a company that does it terrible slipped, things. Oh no! Well, we well, did, anyway, we did wonderful. You things. did wonderful things. You played great 
Dinosaur Jr. albums <laughs> exactly. and Yola Tango albums. That wasn't and my thing. I did the talk. You and, did talking. And, and, I, and I talked and, about Deep Space and Nine. I basically. And all the cool kids are like, shut this guy up. I no, want to play Dinosaur Jr. I do remember getting like Jerry Taylor on talking about Star Trek Voyager oh, at the wow. time. And That's like, awesome. And it was like, nobody in the Finger Lakes region <laughs> wanted to hear this, but I wanted to do it, damn it. And uh, and yeah, I got like Takai on, and I think I think Willow Koenig too I, at the time. Um, in the studio or on the phone? All on the phone. It, oh, okay. it was a total sham because like yeah. literally, I had an audience of maybe fifty people. This was the smallest radio station ever, right? And I would say I was an NPR affiliate, um, which we were because you would play their news. Yeah, yeah, the news. Te- yeah, yeah, and I, I would say you. we were in the Rochester, Syracuse region, which all that meant was I was halfway between them and couldn't re- <laughs> the signal couldn't reach either of them. I was kind of a. If you're driving from Rochester <laughs> for Syracuse for a six minutes and don't period. have a, don't have a tape in your car for a minute, you may <laughs> you may hear my wow. Dulcet Tones well, for a that's second. great. That's that's good to hear. I like that story. Um, well, you know, it's funny. You mentioned Voyager. Now there is something very exciting happening in your life soon. That it, for those who read um, Variety and the Hollywood Reporter, your name is a buzz right now. <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah, it came up. It came up for one day. No, it was a big deal. Yeah. There is a new show that you're launching soon on MTV. Right. That you are co-producing with. No joke, somebody very important with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Thank you for saying his full name. He doesn't like it when you miss one part of it. No, Dwayne. He'll go, he'll go ballistic. Dwayne, open quotes, The Rock, close quotes, Johnson. <laughs> what is his middle name? Do you know? I don't. I do know having now started to like work with him a little bit more and work with his team that yes. uh, he goes by DJ a lot. That's the, that's oh, the, does he go by if, DJ? If you're, if you're in, in the know, if you're part of uh, team uh, the Rock, you really call him DJ. So that, that's a that's a FYI. If you come across him, he'll know do you that. call him DJ to his face? You talk about it. Right? Well, DJ said this. So. It's more of that, more of the latter. I haven't called him DJ to his face. Yet. Oh my god, he will punch you in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's the sweetest, nicest man. Is what he it is. is legit. Like, right. yeah, he's the most beloved man on the okay, planet. Okay, so should be. so the new show, which is in development now, yes. is called a working title: right. uh, <laughs> the greatest movie show of all time this week. The greatest movie show of all time this week. A little self aware poke at right. uh, uh, at what we're trying to do the hype machine yeah I mean I mean long story short it is super early days but it's very exciting um uh, yeah, we're, we're just trying to create a half-hour weekly show that dives into movie news and, and is it kind of an extension of the kind of stuff I've done on MTV for years, i.e. Uh, comedy and nerdy smart talk, hopefully. Um, it's going to be a blend of talk, news, comedy, sketch. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's early days. We're, we're, we're a while away, but to have his... You're still in development, so you're still throwing ideas against the wall. Ideas against the wall. Is DJ, as I like to call him now, is he... Uh, on the show regularly or is he a once in a while or I think I mean again super TBD if I had to guess it's going to be more of the latter it's going to be more of like is he the announcer is he the you know does he come on when we need you know I think it's that kind of thing I wouldn't expect because he is I mean when he's shooting a movie in Brazil. He's he's away, yeah. you know, and he—he's he, the busiest man in showbiz. Do you follow can, him on Instagram? It's exhausting. It's very it's very exciting, and he um, is a wonderful. What is your favorite DJ movie? Oh, oh, I should have a good canned answer ready for that. You really should. Um, is it Journey Two? <laughs> wow, Not, no comment. Um, the Tooth Fairy? Uh, no, oh, the Tooth Fairy uh, is good. <laughs> it's kind of enjoyable, I do right? Like the Tooth Fairy. He, he, that's the thing about him. He even honestly, in some of the films that haven't been great, he always kind of. Uh, Emerges unscathed. Oh yeah, he? Southland Tales. Southland Tales. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, Southland Tales is a difficult movie to watch all the way through yeah. if you're sober. Um, but <laughs> his scenes are incredible. Yeah, he's and, outrageous in it, and he's always taking risks. And I know that's part of the segue here. Like, I mean, his early in his career, he had a yes. 
Yes, you did your homework. Right? I know you, you did gave your me homework. homework. You gave me homework. I gave Josh homework uh, when I asked him to come on the show, and he said, he said, he said one thing, which was yes, while he was thinking, oh boy, how do no, I get out of this? No. But he, I said, listen, I'm going to give you a homework assignment because I know you're getting getting into bed with DJ. Which, by the way, is the name of my That's new our sh- private lives. <laughs> don't delve into that. Okay. As you get into bed with DJ, many people either don't know or maybe have forgotten that Dwayne The Rock Johnson began, of course, as a wrestler on what was then called WWF, if you can imagine such a thing. That's how long ago I it think was. I still call it that. I, can't, I forget. Well, I then people will think you're talking about um, the World Wildlife Fund. Exactly. And they'll think, of, they'll think about you giving money to a panda bear, which is, which is nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with WWF, The Rock was, of course, a big star, as well he should be, because he's so charismatic and he does... The eyebrow, the people's eyebrow, I believe it's called. Don't don't quiz me on his wrestling career. Okay, I can smell what he's cooking. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the people's eyebrow, and he and and th- this is true. The WWF was on. Um, they had a deal with UPN Channel Nine here in New York. Yep. And uh, Voyager was at the end of its run. Uh, I want to say season six. I think that's right. And but they're always looking for ways to bring in new audience, even though the show is kind of winding down. Janeway was almost back home, <laughs> but they said it. they could see it. But somebody said, "Let's thirty-five years away." I'm almost. There. Somebody <laughs> said, "Let's figure out a way to squeeze a few more shekels out of this show," and they said, "Wait, the kids are crazy about this rock guy, and he wants to be. He wants to branch out. He wants yeah. to act." So he did two things. One, he actually did do something before this. He was on an episode of that '70s show. Amazing, uh, but that's sitcom acting. That's different from kind of the action adventure acting that he does now. But there was a way station between WWF and then Scorpion King, which was his big debut. It was. Well, he was great in Scorpion King, by the way. Hey, Scorpion the, no King. man shall be called the Scorpion King other than Dwayne, as far as I'm concerned. I'll, <laughs> and I'll, then I'll Scorpion King leads to Fast Five, yeah, yeah, which I mean. you didn't ask me, but by the way, that's my favorite Dwayne Johnson film. I get it. Fast Five. That man deserves a spinoff. And then... Um, and then from there, a, a, a show with you. I mean, that's <laughs> he's <weird>. officially made it. <laughs> he's plateaued. <laughs> okay, but there was a stop along the way, and it was the episode um, uh, Tsunkatsi. It and just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> is that what's called? Uh, I will say this. My mother's maiden name. This is, uh, we're talking about your mother later in the show, because oh, I know no. something about it. We oh, had okay. a, do you remember the time we talked about your mother? I don't know. This sounds insulting, though. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a positive, <laughs> positive experience. You take my mother out of this. No, no. Um, I want to say this because it's still early days on Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. It's still early days on Engage, the official Star Trek <laughs> podcast. And I want to let the audience member know, audience members know. I hope it's not just one person. No, I want to <laughs> let the audience members. Jerry, are you listening? <laughs> I want to let everybody know. That was the first snort laugh. <laughs> we did it. On Engage. Engage. The <laughs> official podcast. I n- rarely remember the names of every episode. They're about 500. No, they're still around 700. Okay. So, uh, not to correct you. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> but I got within 200. When it comes to original series, I'm pretty good at remembering all the names. Right. There's only 79, 80 if you count the cage. Um, when it comes to after that, I'm a mess. I'm, oh, the one with the this, the yeah. one with the that. And that can raise eyebrows, and not the people's eyebrow. That can raise <laughs> eyebrows at conventions. I always say that in the real world, I'm a tremendous Star Trek fan. Totally. When I go to a convention, I sometimes have to sit in the back of the class <laughs> I because I don't always remember the names. I sometimes get confused. So I want to get that out there early 
So I do sometimes forget the name. So don't don't guys don't lay send off. me. This yeah. guy knows his stuff. <laughs> I, 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 let me can I, let me say one thing because I've said this to you off air, but I'm going to say it for the record on air, and I've said it to other people. Uh-oh. We'll get this out of the way. Uh, and this is not apropos of not of what we're talking about now, but we'll dive back in. I'm 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 totally taking over your show. Go for it. Um, the fact that you are doing this show is proof to me that sometimes the perfect job is out there for the perfect person. And I think and I'm thrilled that you're doing this, and I'm thrilled this show exists. And uh, I just wanted to say that. Wow. But he's clapping for himself, people. <laughs> that, that was a beautiful Wait, moment. Hold on, that hold you, ru- you ruined. You hold ruined on. it. No, no, hold on. Accomplished. There you go. <laughs> that's what it was. Accomplished. Well, that's very nice to hear. Thank you. Um, I'm trying to derail you with yeah. compliments. No, please. I appreciate it. So, Dwayne Episode Johnson. Name is Dwayne Johnson. His uh, way station, if you will, to stardom was via Star Trek. It's true. He did an episode of Voyager, and he's great in it. <laughs> He's great, and it's a great episode. It's a seven of nine episode, yes. which is always good, because seven of nine is terrific. And in it, Dwayne Johnson and seven of nine beat each other up in a in a in a hollow stadium, like because they're in a stadium. Yeah. But it's Jeffrey Coombs plays. Well, so you just watched it. I, I don't. I don't think I'd ever seen it. I'll confess. Really? Because because I think I, I kind of left Voyager midway through. I'll be honest. That's kind of when my tre- my trek <laughs> my trekkiness kind of waned a little bit. You said I got to get back from the Delta Quadrant now. I can't take <laughs> I it can't out take here. It. What, too much. What going if Chakotay on? never gets back? I right. don't know. I don't know if I can take it. <laughs> um, but uh, no. So I, this was totally new to me. I was happy to have this homework assignment. I watched it over the weekend. You're right. It's a totally enjoyable episode. And you're right. Dwayne is great in it, especially for somebody with virtually no actual you know quote unquote acting experience. Experience, though you could you could argue that the WWF and ER um, and uh, and yeah about a good third of this episode is him and Jerry Ryan just kicking the crap out of each other right and it's great and she's wearing this really cool outfit that you don't see her in before and she's got this weird move where it's it's not it's like a karate chop but like up right Actually, it's kind of like I don't want to say what it looks like. No, I see like. what you're now doing. I We're not going to talk about that. I didn't realize it until I'm. <laughs> Can you please stop doing that? I did not realize that's what it was. But that's listen. When you're fighting for your life, look, it doesn't matter what the political ramifications right, no, of the you, moves if, are. If Dwayne Johnson is fighting, and if, and she's trying to save Tuvok's life. It's true. He needs medical attention. There's a lot going on in the episode. Janeway's on her own thing. Right. She's There's very going... little Janeway in the episode. No, she's clearly, clearly uh, Kate Mulgrew had other things to she do She was week. on the Delta Flyer taking the week off. Exactly. The well-deserved week off. She worked very hard, <laughs> Captain Janeway. And it's a, um, it's like a shore leave episode. Yes. So everybody's out doing fun things. I don't remember specifically what Tom and Harry are up to, but they're going to go do something fun. Right. And Tuvok and Seven of Nine are like... Oh, there's a quasar anomaly in sector blah blah blah. <laughs> let's, let's live it up. Yeah, let's go check that out. Yeah, because they're because they're big dorks, and they go and they get captured. Yeah, by Jeffrey Coombs, uh, who by the way has played a zillion different Star Trek characters, but this was the only time he was ever on Voyager. Oh, interesting. I mean, he's, his four biggies are, of course, he played Shran on Enterprise, the best Andorian there ever was. Um, then, of course, on Deep Space Nine, he had three recurring characters. He was a brunt of the FCA, the, the Ferengi. Um, he was um, Wayun and all the Wayun clones of the of the uh, the Vorta during the Dominion War. Sure. And he was. Um, Did he ever do anything without the makeup? Was he always underneath like pounds of wait, latex? Yeah. No. Well, you know, on the one episode, um, the the one where they um, 
we're, we're still in T6 night. We're yeah, still... no, no. He was he was not under pounds of makeup okay. when he did uh, the episode where they're all science fiction writers in the fifties. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, Little yeah, Green Men was that? No, 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 that's, no, no. That's the one where the Ferengis uh, are in the Roswell aliens. Yes, you're right. You're right. This is the one, and it's called like. See, this is where it is. The fans are gonna yell at me. No, it's, it's something a, it's guys. by the blah 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 stars or something. I forget the exact name, and the Wi-Fi is not working in here. But it's okay. Uh, it's the one. Everybody knows the one I'm talking. It's the one. It's one of the best Cisco episodes because he loses his mind because he's a subject of racial prejudice. Yes, I remember. And he's the, you saw it. And yes, he's writing on the blackboard because he's envisioning Trek. He's envisioning Star Trek. Yes, yeah, exactly. he's envisioning Deep yep. Space Nine. All right, send your hate mail to, uh, you can tweet at Jay Hoffman, because I can't remember the exact name of the episode. I'm a fraud and a Shonda. No, no. Look, look, the point is, <laughs> yeah. Dwayne Johnson delivers some line about Tarkanian cats that is amazing. Yeah. I, and Wait, so that's what it is. So so he's he's captured, and, um, you know, it's the first fight. You know, they're going to be thrown right. into the thing, and you're like, who is it? And then it's Dwayne Johnson. So the point was, at the time... People who weren't necessarily into Star Trek but were into wrestling would tune in, and it was a great show to. to it's a great sort of lead-in show because you instantly get who everybody is. Right. You don't need to know greater mythos, and one of the big assets was Jerry Ryan of Seven of Nine, beautiful, sexy, wearing outrageous costumes, then and now. And also a lot of fun. She's very funny in the episode. It's, there's some good comedy in there and, also. And apparently, I mean, I, I enjoyed not only watching the episode this past weekend, but reading up on it. Because apparently, I, I learned like a lot of the stuff you talked about just now. But apparently also it was a huge success. It worked. Like the ratings yeah. actually, it was one of the highest rated, I think, latter season uh, Voyager episodes. Thanks to that WWF partnership. There's a great photo somewhere I saw of Dwayne giving, um, like, uh, having Rick Berman, like, uh, <laughs> like just like almost killing him in, 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 in a mock. Wrestling in a move. mock headlock. We think it was a mock. One. Exactly. We don't know what the, don't what know. the contract was. Well, uh, yeah, that's some art reflecting life because, of course, in the episode, Seven of Nine gets great ratings as the fighter. Right. And yet the show got great ratings because of this whole scenario. It's, it's a little so. bit of a little running man-esque thing, a right. little bit of... Uh, wheels within wheels, as only Star Trek can do. Exactly. Yeah, no, it made me it made me go down a little bit of the Trek rabbit hole uh, uh, this weekend, just even knowing that they're all out there waiting for me on Netflix. Like, I, 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 I Enterprise, I've seen almost nothing of, and I feel like I, sh- I need to lean on you for, like, Enterprise guidance. Well, I'll tell you this. Enterprise is good. Enterprise has some wobbly moments. Enterprise gets really, really good as it gets going. Right. Things really turned a corner. Are they, things really turned a corner at the third season, which is not to negate the first and second. I and mean, there are, fir- I think the first, the pilot's great. Uh, that's, great. that's what I was watching over the weekend. But yeah. um, it gets really good. So it's a little bit of a heartbreak because season four is like, this is as good as anything else. Yeah. I mean, season four of Enterprise is awesome. And then it was doing well, but they they pulled the plug. You know, what? that's that's... Look, they're gonna. We get a little another, bit of hard. We need. We a, get another shot at it. Come next year. I come know. on. This is exciting. It is exciting. It is exciting. Yeah, that's that's um, you know, gonna be. All roads lead to where we are now, man. In life, so yeah. next year, 2017, the new series on CBS All Access. Which wait, let me let me. Uh, and by the way, uh, the um, crew is currently working on the new show right now. <laughs> So uh, yeah, we don't know much. As of recording right now, we still don't know too much about the we show. We know some of the writing staff. The writing staff is dynamite. I mean, they keep announcing names that have been involved in the earlier uh, stuff. And uh, Brian Fuller has written some of the best 
Star Trek out there. So he he knows his stuff. So that's yeah, pretty hopefully exciting. Nic- Nicholas Minor still has a little magic left in. I think so. Him. He's pretty great. Uh, he was at a convention that I was at in London, not last year. So 2014, yes, 2014 October. Right. And he was there, and he was on fire. His his panel was terrific. So, yeah, I think he's still got some got some juice in him I, so. I, feel, I feel like i mean uh, you know it, so- it sounds like i think we know officially right that it's we're, i don't know how much official they said that it's not going to be an enterprise show right it's going to be uh, perhaps different crews or whatever but it's not necessarily certainly it's not gonna be kirk and spock it's not gonna be people. kirk oh, it's nothing's been said officially I, I i think though we can say with authority that it won't be kirk and spock but it may be a ship um there may be an enterprise that factors in. Got it. Maybe. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It could be. And what would be really cool is if, let's say, for example, the show is, you know, the USS blah, blah, blah. Right. And then episode four, uh, we're being hailed. And it's the Enterprise C yes. or the Enterprise B. Yes. With Alan Ruck. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Alan is waiting by the phone. You never know. It's time. It's time. Or somebody playing Rachel Garrett for Enterprise C. You Kelsey Grammer is waiting. Right, right, yeah. He could be still be floating around. So we don't know. And then the other rumor, which is which is possibly true, which is that every season is yes. going to be its own thing. I think that's amazing. Which you can pick up and plop down anywhere on the timeline. I love it. And maybe there are recurring... Like, listen, if something breaks out of this new series... This is me with my business cap on. Yeah. If there's like a, a a character that breaks out of this new series that is fundamentally changes pop culture, it's possible. <laughs> and all the kids can talk about is this new character on the new Star Trek show, and it's really popular. They'll find a way to bring it back or her back. Wait, could, or could it back? Could it be a spinoff of Dwayne's John, Dwayne Johnson's character on Voyager? Well, you we, know how we... to contact the guy. Hold I mean, on, that's I need to text <laughs> somebody right. Do, what's the, what's Someone give me my phone. That could, uh, that is not outside <laughs> of the realm of possibility. It's all one big universe. I, ju- I just, I'm you just know? excited in the landscape of television now in terms of like kind of like the new paradigm of the new kind of like, and the fact that they're even entertaining perhaps that idea of, of doing, you know, a season at a time, like these anthology things. Um, I think applying sort of the, the lessons of what makes TV great today to Star Trek is just an exciting process. It really is because it's new. It's, it's not something that's been done too much before. And Star Trek's always been an innovator. Yes. Since the very first show, Star Trek has been an innovator we need to move these color TVs, RCA said. Yeah. Make a show bright and colorful. You got it. Here comes Star Trek. <laughs> I mean, it's always been an innovator. Totally. Deep Space Nine, really one of the first serialized things on television that wasn't Falcon Crest. That's why I loved it. I loved yeah. like, digging into it. And I loved it. I mean, I love just love how they all like, kind of hated each other. <laughs> maybe yes. maybe that's too strong a word, but like I think that was not a failing of next generation. I mean, I love my next generation, but I think what gave uh, Deep Space Nine so much um, interest for me and, and what made me keep coming back was the friction and sort of the, the fact that they were all thrown into the situation. It was not together. the utopianism of 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 the Roddenberry. TNG. It was and I know that flies spin. in the face of, of, of the tenets of Star Trek that people talk about Roddenberry. Well, but it does, but also when the Dominion is at your throat and you're look. and you're near the wormhole and, and you're trying to negotiate peace between the Bajorans and the Cardassians, it's going to get a little testy, yeah. you know? Might raise your voice, dude. Yeah, you got Quark there. He's kind of a pain in the ass, but you need him. Garrick is, you know, he's this sort of like ends justifies the mean character. What? You don't know if he should be there or not. If you're Captain Sisko, you're going to occasionally uh, have to 
bend a bit, bend a bit from from the vision. You well, know, I don't live in the real. Uh, you know, what's the big the famous line? He's like, I you know, I live out here. I don't I don't live in utopia. Well, and so. not to mention, Cisco himself not exactly the most sweetest man all the time. He's a little bit of well, a unique. He had it, suffered a great tragedy. I know his wife was killed. Right. Wolf three five nine. Perhaps, it's and been... he blames uh, Picard. And Picard is a hero to the Federation. Imagine that. That's a mind. F. It's imagine if the guy that the Fed, that you, your culture loves the most, you blame whether rationally or not. You blame for ruining your life, and yet you still want to be a part of that culture. That's going to screw you up. There's a lot going on there. Please, he's on a right. station. And he's looking at his kid, who's like as much as he loves him, is a reminder of this tragedy every day. Yeah, he he's welcomed to the station by the man that he blames for everything, and his coworker thinks he's God. This is a lot to put on a guy. <laughs> it's a lot to put on a guy. He's got it tough. He's got it tough. So, so you know, forgive a little bit for maybe bending some of the utopianism. Although this still is a debate. A 20-year old debate, but it's still yeah. a fun one that we should get into. Um, but I wanted to ask you, because, you know, you, you're, you're very involved with seeing movies early as part of your life at MTV. You've seen a movie mm -hmm. before I have. Did you see Finding Dory yet? I haven't seen it. I saw the first thing. I was at CinemaCon, this thing in Vegas. I saw the first yeah. 40 minutes. There. I saw it, it was, last night. Oh. It's good. How are the next 100 minutes? I know the first 40 <laughs> minutes are really good. <laughs> it's not that long. Um, but it's uh, it's good. I mean, it's, it's Pixar. So it gets Did you cry? No, I didn't because I, I willed so myself well not to. Okay. No, but I saw the moments where I was supposed to. <laughs> you acknowledge, you raised your I hand. I acknowledge. Like, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Well, you know what it is? <laughs> I thought it was very clever because it's the, really the first uh, 4D movie because they're all in salt water in the film and right. they want you in the audience to be in salty water too by <laughs> making you cry. Brilliant. It's really these Pixar geniuses they are. I was worried you were going to say they're filling the theaters with water and you're going to be no, drowning no, no. there. So what I didn't do, so you're, you are on top of, of uh, who's in film. You, sure. you, you follow movie news and I have my head up my ass most of the time. Yeah. So I had no idea who was doing any of the voices other than Dory, Ellen right. DeGeneres, and um, Albert Brooks. Right, the brilliant Albert And Brooks. there is an octopus in this movie. Wait, this is this Ed O'Neill? No. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. And I had okay. no idea it was Ed O'Neill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm spent. And he's fabulous. I predict to you. Wait, let me make a, a sound for this one because this is a big one. Hold on. Please, please hold. Uh, this is a it's good gonna be one. worth the wait, guys. Yeah, yeah it's going to be worth Hold on a second. Working. Okay. I say to you. <laughs> I say to you. defeats the purpose of the film. Now, that wasn't a good one. Let me do it again. I'm still learning these buttons. No, it's okay. I say. Um, Affirmative. That. What's weird is he has this attached to his chest. Right. He's got the soundboard. <laughs> you don't want to know where I'm poking. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, there is a character in Finding Dory that I say is going to be as big as, you know, the biggest Pixar character. Wow. Wait, is this the octopus you're saying? It's the octopus. He's going to be as big as... As Bing uh, Bong? What about Bing Bong? Bigger than Bing Bong. What? Bigger than Bing Bong. <laughs> He's going to be mater level. Wow. We're talking a mater level incident. Let's is not happening. talk about cars. Come on. You're better hey, than the that. First of all, cars is not bad. Mm. Cars is not bad. And the kids love cars. I know cars. the kids love cars. Kids go bananas but, for cars. And mater is their beloved. Kids, when they grow up, they'll realize they were wrong. Hey, listen. I'm just, I, this is where we get really testy. Wow. <laughs> Who knew that cars was going to bring out this kind of. I like cars. I like cars too. Okay. Now the you, queen now car? That was hilarious. Talk. Now you sound like an idiot. What? <laughs> All right, Cars 2 is <laughs> Cars 2 is not is dumb. But 
There's two th- when Mater eats the wasabi is very I don't funny. Want to think about that. And when Mater meets the queen, mm-hmm. I was dead laughing. I take back all the nice things I said about you. <laughs> I don't this remember. This show is proof I that. Man, eh, never mind. I don't remember much else about cars. Anyway, the squid in not the squid, the octopus yes. in Finding Dory is terrific. Breakout character, great. And I didn't um, know who it was, so I stayed for the credits. Normally, I like to leave because <clears throat> you know I, w- I don't want to get stuck there and I want to get right to the subway and get out of there and I want to talk to other people oh, I get it um, but I uh, <laughs> stayed for the credits and I was Ed O'Neill I was stunned Ed o- the wonderful delightful Ed O'Neill yeah, never would never have on track of... as far as I know no I don't think so and you know he's still working obviously he's got a yeah, TV show but, family. but um, and it's not, he plays a grump he's the grumpy octopus this sounds about right funny anyway but he's great well, I, we were talking before. Yes, one of the films I, I, I got a sneak peek at. Um, that I'm not sure if it'll be out by the time this goes up, but it, uh, Brent Spiner is back in Independence Day. Independence Day 2 Resurgence. Resurgence. He resurges. I haven't seen it yet, so he, I'm going to ask. I don't want. I don't want spoilers. Okay, okay no, no worries. But I'm just going to ask about Brent Spiner's activity because if I recall correctly, in the first one, yes, his character dies. This is a correct statement. So it's zombie Brent Spiner. <laughs> yes, they've, they've mashed up the zombie genre with independence. What's State. his character's name? I don't oh, remember. It's, it's, it's Dr. So-and-so, right? Dr. So-and-so. Yeah. All right, I saw oh, it many years ago. I will say... He has a great death scene in the he first does, one. He does, he yeah. does. Um, and, and and there's a, a callback to that in, a, in, a, in an interesting way. There are a lot of good callbacks to the original film, all the kind of the, the touchstone moments you remember. I think you know fans of the original will, will get all they want out of this one. Is there a dog jumping away from fire? Oh, you know what? I thought actually maybe they left that one out, and that's because that's, 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 that's a big one. That's the best thing. I, I mean, I saw Independence Day in the theater at the Ziegfeld Theater, long may it rest oh. in peace, opening night, and um, the crowd went bananas with the dog. Bananas. Yeah, that's a moment. Just went nuts. And it was a self-aware, like, I I like Independence Day, don't get me wrong. But it was so stupid that you had to like it. I mean, yeah. the, most of the movie kind of works. Right. Granted, I'm a guy who just said I don't hate Cars 2, so take it for what it's <laughs> worth. But most of Independence Day is kind of yes. good on its own terms. It works. But then there are moments where it just gets so dumb for its, it's too dumb for its own good. And one of them is the dog, but it's so great that just... It's just wonderful. This is a great movie. Well, I, I don't think the dog re- re- reappears, but yes, Brent Spiner has, and it has actually a decent-sized role, I will say. And and frankly, it's just great to see him in a big film of this magnitude. I remember back in the day, it was actually a big deal as a big Trek fan. Oh, yeah, we didn't know. Like, like, oh, wow, because, like, you know, it, it was a little bit, there was still that second-class citizen of TV versus film. Oh, yeah. And to see him in that kind of high-profile ro- role was great. Um, he's clearly having a lot of fun in this role. It's comic relief to some, to some degree. Uh, there's some cute moments. There's actually, and I'm, I'm blanking on what specifically it is. I wouldn't root for you anyway. Yeah. But there is a Trek reference. No joke. There is a Trek joke Wait, in Wait, re- hold on, hold on, hold on. Red alert, red alert, <laughs> red alert. There is a Trek reference in the new Independence Day. Yes. So turn that, turn turn that, that off. It's really annoying. Turn that off. <laughs> um, so says Josh, who has seen Independence Unless Day. Unless I was to tripping. Resurrection. Uh, I'm pretty sure that there is. Okay, so. And I think it's delivered by him. Well, if you're going to do it, you're yeah. going to have him I mean, he's certainly it. in the scene. I'm, I'm pretty sure, yes. Uh, I, there were a lot of explosions, so it's there hard was for a, me to did remember. You catch the, it's not that hard to catch, but in the new X-Men, there's a great Trek reference. Remind me. All right. Oscar Isaac, yeah. wearing 10 tons of purple makeup, yeah. goes into Storm's house, apartment in Egypt. 
Yes, and he goes, scene. he goes up to the TV, <laughs> and he touches the television and goes learning, and that's how he learns how to speak English. Oh, wait, is this V'ger kind of a thing? Wait, no, no, what no. Is this that? is the new X Men. It just no, I know, but what is it referencing? No, no. What's on the TV? It's an old episode of Star Trek, oh, but it's that. not. Don't feel bad because it's it was the episode who mourn who mourns for, was it who mourns for Ananias? I think so. Yeah, the one with Apollo. Right, right, right. So, sure, sure, sure. So it wasn't Kirk or Spock or McCoy. So I was thrown off by You're the look, columns, and yes, I didn't realize. Yes, that, yes, it's a shot of the of Apollo and and the gal, and it looks like a weird show. I think I was just trying to take in Storm's apartment. I just right. wanted to see what it looked like. No, it, and she's wearing interesting looking hair. But it was, I was when distracted. I, I watched it. With, well, you know Matt Singer and yes. Scott Kalara. So the three of us were sitting together, and. Um, I noticed it first, and I'm like, I didn't know who to elbow first. I'm like, <laughs> they're watching Star Trek in the X-Men. Oh, my God. That's always fun. That's a, that's a canonical crossfire of so much going on. That, I, I, I always think of, uh, I mean, it's not a, a canonical crossfire, as you aptly put it, but I think of, um, I just wanted to say that. I didn't want you to have all the fun. That's the name of my next show with Dwayne Johnson. It's canonical crossfire with Dwayne Johnson. Um, no, but I always think of Cable Guy and the... the, the, the um, Anything Ben Stiller. But no, I think yeah, of like... the Tro you know, Tropic Thunder is the best. No, but I'm thinking of like the um, the, the Gorn fight, obviously. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, Stiller still will always put in Trek references. Yeah, well, Red, 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 uh, Red Hour Entertainment is the name of his company. That's right. It was a Trek reference um, to Return of the Ar Archons. I, and this reminds me, I actually, and this is something if your intrepid listeners want to Google, uh, I did a, speaking of my silly games at the start, I did a Star Trek trivia game once with, um, with Ben Stiller and Eddie Murphy. No joke. Yeah, because I knew that, I knew, uh, as we said, Stiller's a huge Trek yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. And I knew Eddie is actually a big Trek fan too, and I and 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 I know. I mean, you. I'm sure you know this. He was supposed to be in Star Trek Four, right? Right. right. Home. I think an earlier script was literally written for him, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. almost as like a Eddie Murphy vehicle. Yeah, weird. Um, I, I would like to visit the parallel universe know, in which exactly. that happened and uh, watch that because it's intriguing. I, I feel like Star Trek Four kind of got it right. Yes, but I, I would say, like to see I the Eddie see that Murphy version too. Version. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. yes, as I recall, I gave them a uh, a trivia contest, and I remember Ben really beating up on himself because he really wanted to get every question right, and oh. he did not. Yeah, no, he's a huge fan. Tropic Thunder has a scene where he's watching the Gorn fight. Oh, in the is he rain. not too? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. He's like he's he's stuck <laughs> at night, and it's such a great moment because it's funny, oh. and and he's like in the rain, and he like has the last of his few pleasures, and he's like watching on right. a, on his. On his iPad or whatever, whatever it was, and he's watching the Gorn fight and whatnot. Um, okay, wait, wait. So sorry, let's reel we're bouncing back. around. Sorry, we yeah. went back to Independence Day two, which you saw. So they explain why Brent Spiner's yes. alive again. They do. I, I can't say it like I, you know, a uh, board he, of science you, will accept you, it, but right. um, <laughs> but sure, sure let's go with okay, it. Okay, fair enough. Is he a is he a supporting character? or Is he a cameo? Sporting character. He's, oh, definitely, he's in more, it. definitely. Okay. Definitely. And uh, I'll say, like him, and I was surprised that Bill Pullman also in it more than I, th I thought. Thought these were glorified cameos. No, they're yeah. in it. They're in it. To, That's great to hear. Because in the original, he's basically a cameo. Yeah, he has at least and, as much to do, if not more. And you're right. I mean, in the in the um, when if, when we first saw Independence Day, I had no clue that Brent Spiner was going to be in it. And I remember watching and then eventually dawning me, oh, my God, that's Data in this movie. Do you, do you feel like I do that, like, Brent Spiner, it was Brent Spiner's idea to have the hair that way? That, like, he showed up on set, he's like, guys, I've got this, I've got this, <laughs> I've got this, this crazy idea. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. All right, cool. So that's, so that's just in. This just in. Um, this just in. Now hear this. We have now found out. out message urgent oh, all stations oh, 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 at all. Oh, 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 went on too long. Oh, um, 
<laughs> wait, wait, let's do it again. So we just found out. Now hear this. That Brent Spiner is in the new one. And according to Josh, his performance, and we're not commenting on the rest of the film, but his performance <laughs> is great. And Star Trek fans not are going to love it. Not going to win the Oscar. But no, no, but entertaining. Entertaining. <laughs> it's enjoyable. Because um, you just did a chat with Jeff Goldblum for your show, I your did. podcast, earlier today. I did. So that's going to go live soon. Yes. Jeff Goldblum is the star, co-star with you, of what I think is my favorite After oh, Hours. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Which is the Jeff Goldblum restaurant. Yeah, it's, it's literally just called Goldblum's, and, and the conceit <laughs> of it is um, that it's kind of like a being John Malkovich kind of a thing, wherein I run into Jeff on the street, he invites me to a restaurant that he's just opened, I come to the restaurant, and every person working in the restaurant is Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> and every person, and, and every Jeff Goldblum is quoting his own movies, making Buckaroo Banzai references, and Jurassic Park references. So who, let's go behind the scenes of mm. After Hours. Who tells... Who who pitches this to Jeff? So you and your group of of minions, my twelve writers, come know, up. If you, I wish you and your and your cadre of lunatics come yeah. up with these crazy ideas. Yes, and then at some point somebody has to say, Jeff, we want to do this. Now, I guess it depends on who the actor is, who the star is, but at some point somebody's got to make a phone call and explain the idea. It is always me. <laughs> I always you don't have somebody who can do it for I you. I wish I had the person. I should like create a alternate personality right. that has to like email these absurd, right. stupid Hi, ideas. Hi, this is Jeff. Jeff Horowitz. No, yes. you have no idea how many emails start out with something akin to like, I know this is going to sound insane, right. but <laughs> dot dot dot. Um, and often they do. They say back, Yeah, that's insane. Right. And depend. I mean, some of these actors you have a personal relationship with, so you can speak to. But yes. much of the time, you're talking to their representatives. Most, most of the time, yes. And their representatives goal in life is to make sure that their clients don't do anything too risky. Right. That's all they do. Right. They get up in the morning, they go, oh, please, may my client yes. not say something stupid on Twitter today, not do anything offensive, and not meet up with Josh Harwood to do something <laughs> crazy today. <laughs> Pretty much. So you have to say, look, I want to do a restaurant bit yes. with <laughs> being John Malkovich, but it's Goldblum's. Well, look. And Usually they're just like great, or is it? No, the- I would say um, one of the beauties of, of of what I do is you only see the successes. You don't see uh, the many times I've, I'm I'm told no. Oh. Um, so I, I I pitch many many more things sure. than actually are greenlit, um, and many more ideas that aren't greenlit. And um, no, we don't throw things away. If we shoot it, we it usually comes out fine. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, J- Jeff's just an example of someone that like. You know, well, uh, he's done a, a lot of crazy, great things. Whether it's for Portlandia, he did an Inside Amy Schumer last year. He, he has a sense of humor. Oh, the Tim and Eric bit. Tim and Eric, <laughs> yes, also. exactly. So he's so he's somebody I, I knew would play, or I knew had the potential to play. I know his publicist well. I've done a little bit with him in the past, and I have to say, doing that shoot, it was about an hour long shoot, if that. It was like Jeff Goldblum fantasy camp because he, so he does this thing. He plays the movie game, calls it the movie game, which is a very simple game where he'll, you say a movie, then the other person has to say an actor in the movie, and then vice versa. Then you okay, connect and it and to you, another, and then you just play you just badminton go, with that. Just, yes, and, and it kind of like I think he does that. He he plays um piano in in Los Angeles at a place called Rockwell's, and he part of the the bit is like in between songs or bits. He'll he'll play that with the audience and stuff. He's a huge movie nerd. You would wow, love him. Okay. Uh, next time you interview him, I'm sure you guys would click. Um, but uh, but yeah, and like in between takes, we were just playing the movie game and and referencing his movies. It was fantastic. And he'd be like, yeah, yeah. So uh, and then he'll just you know, oh, he's crazy, yeah. but in the best way possible. That's great. Anyway, well, listen, fast forward to next uh, January, February, 
God willing, you'll be doing some wacky stuff on the new show with the new crew of Star Trek. Yeah, let's hope. My God, I, uh, I'm so I'm going to I'm going to Comic Con, and I'm hoping I don't even know. Maybe you know, or if you can tell me off air or not. But like, I'm hoping they're going to have some announcements on this on this Trek thing. I don't know when we're going to find out about casting or anything. I am not at liberty to discuss that, sir. We'll okay. wait until the right. uh, until we're not taping. All right, we'll, we'll check. But that um, yeah, it's going to be great when we know more about the new show and we know more about. Uh, how they want to play around with you. It's an I think exciting that's time. Happen. It's going to be great. All right, listen. We didn't get to talk about the thing that I wanted to talk to you about today. <laughs> right? I said we were going to talk about whether yeah, we like Kirk you, versus Picard You did more. say that's okay. But that's all right. We can save that for another time. I don't have a definitive answer anyway. I I'll know, keep thinking about it. I know. It. Well, let, so do you have... what? It, I don't know about you. Yes. Sometimes when it's a rough day and my wife is already asleep... And I I will go to Netflix or CBS All Access and just put on an episode of Star Trek to, I'll, I'll to like watch five minutes of and fall asleep on the. I'll couch. do that with the movies often. Yeah, they're they're definite comfort food for me. Yeah, yeah. They they, they definitely put me in a. a state you of go zen. to Rathacon, Star Trek Four, one of those. One yeah, of the I mean, even look, numbered. Uh, well, exactly. Like I grew up, like you know, like my my sweet spot is like two, three, four, even five. I mean, five is a. You know, not a great film, but I just like I know it so Marshmallows. well. Marshmallows. It's part of me. Like, and six is part of me. Two through yeah. six, they are so like ingrained in me. I saw them so many times in theaters. Yeah. Um, so that they really are. They're just a source of comfort for me. Did you check out the new? Um, there's a new um, Blu-ray. The new Wrath of Khan. I've heard about. Is it edition. out yet? It just came out. Okay. Like days I need to check it out. Okay. Like days is it ago. New, it's not new footage we haven't seen. We've seen different like little cuts before. No, it's not new footage, but it's a new um, color grain. Oh, and, nice. And there's a new um, uh, documentary with it. Oh. Lengthy one, an hour. I'm in. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Um, so that's your go-to are the films. Yes. I think my go-to usually is an original series episode but like when it's late, when it, like if I've been out with friends and I've right. had a few drinks, which happens once a year now, um, and you know, and I have one peppermint schnapps and I'm wasted, you know, <laughs> so I'll come home, Wild, yeah, I'll come home, and I will put on an episode of TOS because, it, like you say, it's comfortable. When I when I grew up in the New York area, like you, original series Channel Nine at midnight, right, supposed to be in bed, but not in the guest room. I didn't have a TV in my room, but in the little guest room we had an old television rabbit ears and I would watch Channel 9 at midnight and if it was an episode I didn't like I would then at 1230 watch David Letterman so this is not a bad situation as to be time in. moved on like who if needs it, Netflix come on yeah guys. and I would turn the dial right but most of the time I would stick with Star Trek occasionally if it was like a, if it was the alternative factor I would turn it over then to right. to, uh, <laughs> to, uh, to, to Letterman at 1230 but what would happen was I would be in the guest room and it was midnight and I was going to school I was a kid you know in elementary school and I would kind of fall asleep and I would hear the sound effects in my in my sleep. I would hear noises like, um, oh, this that was so close to being a good cue. <laughs> Where's they're going to cut out all this dead air in post, right? No, I've given Brian a strict order to leave all the dead air in because that's what makes listener us, enjoy the dead it air. Makes, it makes. I would hear. That's actually a. That's not the right tricorder sound though. But I would hear. We got to get the. We got to get the TOS ship noises on here, Brian. I'll look into that. Oh, man. All right. But I would hear, um, I would certainly hear that. Although that would wake you up from your sleep. Certainly. That's, that's a disturbing way to. Disturbing that. But I would hear, I would hear the sound. And this would be like, like a, like, you know, when a mother bird yeah, totally. has a nestling in her breast and you hear the, the, uh, the, the, the beating of the heart. Yeah. For me, it was the ship sound of the original 
Enterprise. For me, it's it's Cybok just talking, <laughs> <laughs> talking to his his half brother. I need my pain. <laughs> I need my pain. Larry Luckenbill. You know, know, Cybok gets such a bum rap. I mean, I, I, there I, are parts of Cybok yeah. that are. No, I'm with you. Yeah, it's me. It's Cybok. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I. Have you talked on the podcast yet about... No, this is episode three. We haven't done anything. What, what about the Sean Connery thing? You know about that. Yeah, he was originally going to play Cyborg. Yes. Shockery, Sean Connery. Oh. That's why I believe yeah. it was called Shockery. That would have never worked. Well, I think... Oh, man. What, what, imagine, imagine the alternate universe with... Sean Connery Eddie Murphy Cyborg. doing Star <laughs> <laughs> Sean Connery as Cyborg. I think we're it's right. It's Cyborg. I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know. I actually think. I, I mean, I know we're not going to go on a half-hour tangent about this, but I, I, I think, I think Luck and Bill is actually pretty good as Cyborg. I, I think Cyborg's an entertaining. That's not the problem with the film. The, the problem with the last half hour stinks, but everything up until that is is decent. There's some good stuff in there, and and he is he is part of that aforementioned good stuff. Scotty bumping his head That's horrible Is a disaster That's horrible The whole His relationship with the horror And flirtatious thing Is weird yeah. and David Warner's good David Warner's great um, And the uh, Romulan gal mm -hmm. She's good um, That whole planet The planet of galactic peace Yeah like Which factors in by the way Because that is one of the highlights If you read <laughs> If you read the <laughs> Vanguard novels um, There is a, Nimbus 3 I believe it's yes. called There is a whole that I can remember. I can't remember a person's name, but I can remember Nimbus 3. It's going to be my first child's name is uh, Nimbus 3. Uh, Maybe Nimbus, the third child. Nimbus 3 Horowitz. <laughs> Nimbus. Get, get Nim down. Nimbus 3 factors in, um, in the Vanguard novels, which I'm not going to get into the Vanguard novels right now, but, but it's great. Um, and yeah, so Star Trek Five and the Marshman. Do you have, by the way, the the Marshmallow dispenser? Oh no, it's, you can of get course this on it eBay. Exists. I'm sure it does. I'm getting you one for Hanukkah <laughs> this year. What happens is um, there was a it was a tie-in with uh, WWF. No, with some product, okay. Mott's applesauce or right. something. I don't know what it was, but it was a little marshmallow holder. Brilliant. And it looks just like the one in the movie. <laughs> And I have one, and um, it did not. And I got it kind of recently. I must confess. No, this is not a. This is a good thing. But don't it was like I got it for like maybe twelve dollars. <laughs> so don't you know? <laughs> no judgments here. So they're out there. Was well, that too much or too little? Small I don't judgments. know. Oh well, if it's authentic. Yeah, it's real plastic. Okay. You know, no, it was. It was great. It was the best twelve dollars I spent. <laughs> anyway, um, my point is that scene is good. Uh, yeah. The campfire stuff is good. It's um, it's it's a good. It's not the worst Star Trek film. Oh, it's not. There are like a good three that are worse than that. I would well, actually say. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, before well, we wrap two. up, I would say two. Before we wrap up, the new Star Trek film is coming out in a couple of weeks, months, mm -hmm. month and a half. Mm -hmm. uh, the big debut is in San Diego. You're going to be at San Diego. I'll be this there. Year? Yeah, okay. I hope to see it there. Great. Well, um, I haven't yet decided what we're going to. Obviously, we're going to cover that extensively here on. Uh, engage the official Star Trek podcast. Engage. And um, I think part of that is maybe we'll check in with critics, yourself, and, sure. and, and people in the know and get their honest appraisal of the new film. You I'm know, curious. I, I'm hopeful. I mean, it's like, okay to not like everything in Star Trek. I think we're yeah. going to like it. I have a hunch. I think and hope so too. I, I look. I, I certainly had the same kind of concerns like many with the, at the first trailer and like, okay, is this too? Are they going too actiony or whatever? But 
I, look, I mean, Pegg as a co-writer, I trust in Simon Pegg. I really like what they've done with these. These, look, It's got a great cast. It's got a it great... It really does. It the really casting does. has always been great, and Idris is going to be great. Yeah. As it's got a lot going for it, so I'm 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 certainly hopeful. I'm rooting for it, and uh, it'll certainly be different. It'll I be feel th- like the new one, and I, I again I don't know. I haven't seen it. I have a hunch. I feel like its scope is a little smaller, right? Like from what I know about it, it just kind of feels like maybe a really good, thick, juicy episode. Exactly. Um, like they're trapped on a planet. Yeah, I got to get back. Yeah, it's an upscale. It's an upscale version of an episode. Which look, um, the I'm, scary part of that is we're talking about movies that didn't work. You, then you think of something like uh, Insurrection. Uh, which, that was just which, an episode. Which is an episode yeah. which was just basically a crappy episode. Yeah. So yeah. let's just hope this is the upscale version of the episode as as opposed to kind of a. Uh, is Insurrection the worst one? Yeah. Worse than Nemesis. That's they're pretty close. I don't know. Nemesis, Nemesis has a cool special effects. I find ne- Nemesis hard to watch. Like I, I actually find Insurrection watchable. It's it's bad, but it's watchable in that kind of like TNG series. Like right. you can just watch any episode. I'm gonna, I'm gonna the, the the thing about Insurrection, which kind of nails. It, I went with a buddy of mine, um, and at the time, uh, TNG was already in in reruns on you know Channel Nine, Channel Eleven, right. one of the Channel Five here in New York, and we watch Insurrection. Yeah, it's good, and then the credits come up. And my buddy s- turns to me and he goes, coming up next on Seinfeld. <laughs> like, that's what you'd hear on yes, the exactly. syndicated. And it was like, yeah, okay, yeah, we just watched an episode <laughs> yes. of TNG that we hadn't seen before in a theater, you know, and I, I had some milk yeah. duds and we had a good time. Yeah, let's let's I, go I, home then. Yeah, I think I might put Nemesis below it. Wow. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, that's that's the way it is. Now, before we go, I want to thank you, Josh, for spending time with us here today. Thank you. I'm looking forward to... The new show in development, which is eventually going to show up on MTV. Let's hope. And uh, you also said off air, but we didn't get to it, that you have some other cool stuff that's in uh, the pipeline. Yeah, just, just uh, keep, keep your eyes peeled on ComedyCentral.com. There's a little project that I wrote that I can, that I were kind of dropping out of nowhere pretty soon that um, I think you'll appreciate. I'll tell you a little bit about it off air, but it's got celebrities. It's done. It's done. It's been written. It's been shot. And it's... Um, it's in keeping with the kind of stuff that I've done over the okay, years. Okay, but so, it hasn't been announced formally. No, and it won't be. It's just going to kind of okay. pop out of nowhere. This summer? This yes, fall? this summer. Sometime this summer Ooh. on ComedyCentral.com yes. or Comedy Central, the, 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 or we Comedy don't, Central's digital Taj- platform. Comedy Central's sphere of influence. Yes. In the Comedy Central quadrant of the galaxy. Exactly. One day you're just going to be poking along. Oh my gosh, what's and this? And this thing, and you'll say, oh, I remember that from Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. There now listen, go. before we go... There are a couple of very important things I have to mention. Number one, it is your obligation as a listener to go and rate, review, and subscribe in that order on iTunes to this show. If you're listening to this a la carte, you're not doing enough. You no. have to rate, review, and su- subscribe or else Christina yells at me. Guys, this is a reciprocal relationship. This right. is not just Jordan doing things for you. In addition to that, when you're done, you can then go get a glass of water, but then you have to go back to your computer or your mobile device and go to facebook.com slash engage the official Star Trek podcast. It is there where you can engage with me and our team, ask us questions. I want to know from you what it is you want to hear about on this show. Do you want more guests like Josh? Probably. Boo! Do you want fewer guests like Josh? Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong? Do with you me? want Do you want um, uh, more stuff about um, uh, Star Trek products, Star Trek events? We didn't even talk about the Intrepid this year, or San Diego yeah. Comic Con, uh, the convention in 
Britain, the gig in Blackpool, England that's happening, Ottawa. Do you want to hear more about that? Do you want to hear more about the new show? Do you want to hear more about the movies? Blah, blah, blah. You got to let me know by going to Facebook.com slash engage the official Star Trek podcast and or tweeting at me at Jay Hoffman. We do not have an official Twitter account for this show. I am the official Twitter account. You're the living embodiment of the show. I guess so, for now, until I'm told otherwise. So you can go to play.it slash Star Trek to listen and to subscribe. If you don't like iTunes, I got a couple of notes from people who were like, I don't do iTunes. Well, you know what? Do something else then. It's okay. okay. We have a lot of different ways to listen to this show. You can listen to it on um, Spotify. Right, Brian? On Spotify? On Spotify. You can listen to it on um, TuneIn, right, Brian? Yep, that's correct. And various Android apps. Birds Android apps. <laughs> no, that was Josh. I don't know. I can't vouch for that. Yeah, one. There's other ways to listen. Yeah, I, I use this app called Pod- Podcast Addict. Podcast Addict. Oh, that's right. I asked you this before. Podcast Addict. I got a guy. He was very funny. He's a real pain in the ass. I should. I should have. Um, I, I should have written his name down. He was like. I don't listen on iTunes. And I'm like, real play. I'm like, oh, that's cool, man. You don't have to listen on iTunes. Uh, like, you use an Android, there's, they go to Podcast Addict, as Brian just told me. He's like, none of these work for me. I don't use, you know, Java 6. I only use XYZ, you know, all these things. I only use Linux. And I'm like, whatever you use, you found a way to complain on Facebook. <laughs> you can find a way to listen to this show. You know what? Guys, make it happen. Come on, make it so. You know, make it happen. And I think you can do it, and I encourage you to do it. I don't mean to be testy, but, you know, do it. It's going to be worthwhile. So you're going to listen and all those things and subscribe and leave a note and tell me what you want to hear and tell me what you don't want to hear, and I will listen and I will give a response. But after three back and forths, if you, I'll tell you what for. All right, that's what's happening and I want to thank you very much. I'm going to beam Josh away. He's a busy man. I'm oh going to God. beam him away. Here we go. So please strap oh, hold on in. One second. Hold Here on. We go. We're going to beam him out. Thank oh. you. Bye, Jordan. <laughs> All right. He, 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 he's gone. We, we can talk about him behind his back. Well, thanks again for listening, everybody. And like I said, tweet at me at Jay Hoffman. Uh, follow us on, on Facebook and, and rate us on iTunes. Christina, what am I forgetting? Oh, hashtag, hashtag engage pod, hashtag engage pod, because then I can see your comments. If you're like, I love this part of the show, but I hated this part of the show, hashtag it engage pod, and I'll, I'll read it. And I will listen to your criticisms, because it's early days. It's we're episode three. It's early days. So, you know, you have a voice. Episode 20, I don't want to hear from you. But episode three, I want to hear from you for sure. So let's do it. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Ahead, warp factor one. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.